Manimal here. It is Saturday, January 6th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I, we're going to go around the league. We've got a Rangers hire, a free agent on the radar that we hadn't talked about yet, and we're going to have some Adrian Beltre talk. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And hey, we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier. And before I tell you about my social media, I want to let you know that the Texas Rangers are your defending world champions 2023 World Series banner will be dropping on opening day, and we can't be more excited about it. If you want to hear me talk about that sort of thing on social media, you can catch me at Kevin Lee Frazier, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. You can also find Texas Rangers with the boys on social media at TXRangersWTB. And don't forget to check out the website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. Throw a www dot in there if you really want to get crazy. Someone I know. We'll take you to the same place. Yeah, well, and, and a big fan of the www dot uh, would be my co-host, three hundred pound animal, aka Bull, aka Morning. Is it Noon Bull? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been up Nooners? that uh, that long, so we can run with Morning Ooh. Bull or Bull Nooner. Bull Noon. Bull Noon. <laughs> it just gets gooder, man. It just gets gooder. gooder. Yes, obviously when you're. When you're uh, when you're gooder like that, you can do you can do bull noon, bull noon on a Saturday afternoon. That's what we've got today. Uh, we're doing we're doing fine over here at the uh, uh, Casa de Manimal, Mani Mall. That's how they say it in Mexico, Mani Mall. Mani Mall. I love that. I, I I should have ran with that in the U.S. too. I don't know why I didn't. But anyways. Uh, um, we're doing good over here. We got uh, some Rangers news to talk about. We've got some, uh, lots of league news. Lots of stuff happened since we went off the air. It, it started like ten minutes after we went off mm-hmm. the air on Thursday morning. Um, started with Bader, and man, it didn't end until last night when uh, the Cardinals and the Rays were making deals, and uh, Seattle made some deals. So we got lots of stuff to talk about. We've got. Uh, a Ranger new hire that we'll talk about, and something ha- something special to the Rangers organization happened. What? Let's see. In 2011, so that had been 13 years ago. 13 years ago, it would have been on this day had we done the show yesterday. So it'll be on yesterday, this day in 2011. And we're going to talk about it, and it'll probably lead down a rabbit hole, and we'll uh, we'll just go from there. It sounds great. So. Hey, yeah. Let's get around the. Let's get around. Well, the- I gotta tell them. I gotta tell oh, them. Oh, you know? oh yeah. Oh yeah. We gotta let people know that uh, on on the the Twitter, it's Manimal mm-hmm. Bull. Instagram, Manimal Three Hundred, and both uh, Facebook and TikTok at Bull Pro on the uh, social media. So, let's let's uh, let's run out into some league news. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. So, um, well, let's start off with some pitching. Uh, Chris Sale, two year extension. That, what, what's going on with that? Well, I mean, I think it's just a cheap way for the Braves to bet on Chris Sale. Um, I mean, it's not overly expensive. It's like 18 to 20 for the two years. I think there's still an option in there. So we'll just kind of see what happens with that. I think it's uh, just a good faith with Chris Sale. And 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I kind of feel bad for Chris Sale when I was seeing him talk about, uh, you know, being in Boston and it was kind of like he felt like he was a burden on the club and, and all of that stuff. So maybe a fresh start for him will get him back right. And, you know, you're talking about, a, a, a you know, a, a guy in his 30s that uh, probably his best days are behind him, but it doesn't mean that he can't produce. And, you know, if he stays healthy, Chris Sale has some of the nastiest stuff in baseball. So, you know, I think it's more a matter of the, the Braves are betting that he's going to stay healthy for them. And, uh, you know, they're going to, he's going to help that rotation for the next uh, couple to three years. You know what else I like uh, Braves strategy wise is they seem to, to value um, having at least a, at least one like veteran type pitcher in their rotation. Like, like they, they what was the guy, they don't know if it's Norton. And- well, they had a guy just recently. I can't remember his name. Uh, Char- maybe Charlie something. Uh, yeah, but- Charlie Morton. Yeah, Charlie like Morton. 40. Yeah, it came into his own really late in his career and and kind of locked up with the Braves and 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 it's been really good for him. Yeah, and so I think like they they see the value in it. I and I do too. Like I think I think a lot of times like worrying about pitchers like starting pitchers in their mid thirties. As long as they can stay healthy, I think they tend to hit. Most of them tend to hit either a resurgence or they really hit their stride at that. Well, especially if you're a guy as talented as Chris Sale. Yeah, so I think he's got some years left if he can stay healthy. I That's agree. Not- I don't think that he, I don't think he's done. I think that if he can stay healthy, he can help the, that club. And 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 you know the Braves are taking every risk on it themselves. Yeah, that's a very interesting uh, interesting thing that the Braves are really that in on Chris sale. Um, well, Hey, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about some more free agent news. I, I mean, is Harrison Bader even, even worth talking about? He's a hell of a center fielder. I mean, he, he might, I mean, he's as elite as it gets in center field as far as, uh, you know, major league baseball is concerned right now. And, um, you know, uh, will he yeah. hit? That's the question, right? Will he hit enough to be, you know, he's almost like that uh, every year, like uh, being a uh, Cardinals uh, fan a little bit as well. You know, when he was traded for Jordan Montgomery, I was thinking, man, the the Cardinals just gutted the Yankees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, so uh, I've never been super high on him, but he is a gold glove caliber center fielder. and, And I mean, probably one of the best five in the in the game. So, so defensive, a defensive move there for the Mets. Um, good for them. Um, <laughs> moving on. So, Michael Brantley. Let me say when I two cents on this one that when I saw this, this, uh, it, there's something in me, and this is probably not the more admirable side of me uh, on a personal level, but something within me felt like so validated that a Houston, one of the Houston, kind of like mainstays his last game as an Astro will be losing to the Rangers the year that the Rangers win the world series. That, well, that's and remember with Brantley, I mean, he looked like he was done in left field last year in that, those last couple of games. Mm, yeah. No, but Michael Brantley was a hell of a baseball player for what, 19 years. I know he had some injuries that probably kept him from being, maybe the Hall of Fame caliber player that he started his career as, but he was a good piece for those Astros. And, you know, I mean, uh, I got to say, I mean, I'm not going to miss pitching to him. 
no. as often if the Rangers had to pitch to him in the, over the course of the last seven, eight years or whatever. So I'm not going to miss that. And, you know, but uh, the Houston's going to go on. They've got some op- options out there in left field. Chaz McCormick will probably get that first option to play out there. And, and you know, they'll, they'll move on and they'll go on from there. But Michael Brantley was a terrific baseball player for a lot of years. And uh, the league is going to miss him. Texas Ranger fans, not so much. No, not going to miss having to see him in that lineup and love the way we got to send him off uh, to end his career. So Rockies um, sign a couple of people. Yeah, um, I think these are good moves for the Rockies. Uh, Dakota Hudson was non-tendered by St. Louis. Uh, he's he's okay when he's healthy. I mean, he's not a great pitcher, but he's uh, for, for a team that, they think is going to lose a hundred games. This is a pretty good move for them. Um, and Jacob Stallings, he's a gold glove caliber, uh, uh, catcher. So, you know, he's won a gold glove in his past and, you know, I mean, and that was basically when Yadier Molina was still, um, maybe not at his peak, but, uh, you know, still a, a top catcher in the league. And, um, so, and G- JT Real Muto was in there as well, you know, so he's won a, he's won a gold glove with some really good cat catchers in the league um he just has that same problem that a lot of young catchers have they just he just can't hit you know he just can't hit enough to justify having his glove in the lineup he's going to get a chance in Colorado to probably play every day and uh you know maybe that maybe something will come with that as well and he'll uh you know bounce back to form and and both these guys are guys that uh you know say they are having a good year they're ba- definitely guys that we've talked about in the past like that you know you can you can send them away as a rental at the end of the or at the trade deadline which was announced that it'll be july 30th this year um mm-hmm. so uh you know i think good signings for the rockies nothing special but uh, obviously if those guys are able to make an impact they could bring back some future for the rockies as well yeah, and Hudson, he's a ground ball guy. Like, he's 55% ground ball average. Yeah, uh, he'll, I think he'll do good 40. in Colorado as long as he, you know, as long as he's able to keep the ball down. Yeah, league average is 42%. He's upwards of the 55%. Yeah, not a, yeah. Uh, lots of change-ups and, and uh, you know, not a super great fastball, but uh, it, it's good enough to play in the big leagues, and he has a really good change-up and, and, you know, and keeps guys off balance with it. So Cardinals in Tampa uh, make making a deal. Uh, th- these two teams are known for fleecing other teams, so this is interesting to see them trading amongst themselves. Well, uh, yeah, crazy that the Cardinals are about to send another uh, depth outfielder to Tampa Bay, but uh, you know, hey, whatever, whatever floats their boat. I, I don't hate Andrew. Kitteridge or Kittredge. I think he's a good relief pitcher. I think he's going to help the, uh, um, I think he's going to help the Cardinals in their bullpen. And, uh, you know, they got some holes to fill back there. And, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that can help them. Uh, and let's just watch Richie Palacios or Palacios. Let's just watch him flourish into the next all MLB player that the Cardinals send to Miami on or, or uh, to Florida. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just kind of what happens when the Cardinals send a player to Florida, they kind of, they kind of flourish and, and we'll see if that's the same case this time. If, uh, if Tampa Bay's bringing on another, uh, Randy or Rosarina type. Yeah. Cause Palacios or Palacios, 
he's a pretty toolsy guy, man. He's got power. He's got speed. Yeah, I, I was kind of I was a little bit shocked that it was that was all they were willing to get back. You know, like not uh, you know. I don't know that that Andrew Kitteridge for him straight up is a good deal for the Cardinals. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think Kitteridge has has years left, so it's not like he's a free agent or anything like that. So it's not like they're, you know, I mean, with a Rose Arena, uh, you know, the Cardinals are still waiting for that uh, pitcher that they got for him to to see if he's going to be something. So who knows? Uh, but uh, if I were the Cardinals, I wouldn't be in any hurry to send outfielders to Tampa Bay. Right, right, yeah, and Kitteridge is not a bad bullpen guy. Uh, he's probably a way – say he's way above average, um, but he's not, like, elite either, you know, but definitely has had some good years over the last couple of years. Just looks like maybe just has a little bit of a problem staying healthy. Um, most, most, most pitchers' problems, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get to the big one. or the Well, no, let's talk about – oh, no, no, okay. I see why you set it up this way. Let's get to the big one. Um, so San Francisco has been on the outside looking in, it seems like, for the last, what, three years during this tier, this time of year, always settling for, for not getting the top players and getting whatever they can get. Um, so it looks like they took their destiny in their own hands and went to the team that's willing to get rid of anybody um and took Robbie Ray off of the Mariners hands and I mean it seems like a it seems like I don't know it's a it's a it's a it's definitely a money move uh I think that Seattle didn't didn't just get killed here but um I'm San Francisco missed on on what they wanted it just Um, I'm sure they got so little in terms of like prospects for Robbie Ray, but it also kind of helps them do the old 2011 or 2012 till uh, Luka Doncic Mavericks deal and pretend that they're trying to compete, even if they're really not. Well, and, and again, uh, you know, San Francisco missed on what they wanted. Right. They wanted, they wanted Yamamoto. They wanted uh, Otani. Neither one of those guys were even interested in coming there. And, uh, you know, so now they're, they're, what's a move we can make that brings us a top of the rotation pitcher ish. Yeah. I mean, he's paid like one, right? Uh, He he has the the ceiling of it. Yeah. I mean, he's had years where he's been that, but he's also had years where he's been a five ERA and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, so I think he's probably somewhere in between that. I would say that, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, the caliber when we talk about him, I mean, I would say more like Jordan Montgomery than Blake Snell. I agree with that. But he does have a Cy Young, and that goes a long ways because we talk, you know, I mean, you know, Corbin Burns is going to get a lot more than we think because of the Cy Young. Blake Snell, you know, so Robbie Ray the same way. He got 25 on the last couple of years of that Mariners deal. And the first three, I think, were like 23. So he'll be getting paid 23 this year. So it's like 73 and three years left that the that the Giants will pay for Robbie Ray. Um, Descalfina had been a disappointment for them. Mitch Hanniger wasn't very good for him last year after they spent money on him. So... The uh, Giants package those guys up. Uh, both guys have one year left on their deal. So so to Seattle, this is definitely a money move. There's no other way around it. Like, the, you, you can't look at this move any other way and say anything other than this is a money move. 
and they're going to, you know, I don't know, maybe in their heads, they're gearing up for next off season already through this. And I would say that's probably what they're doing, but at the same time, uh, does it make Seattle better? Mm, I mean, maybe because Robbie Ray didn't pitch at all last year. Sure. Um, if those uh, guys all have great years, like if the two guys they bring in have really good years, sure. But like, absolutely, to trade a top, to trade a top I, I would say Robbie Ray. If he's a, he's kind of what I would consider like a number two, because when he's really good, he's an ace. But he's not really good all the time. So, like, when he's at his worst, he's probably a high, you know, a, a, a high in three or just a right there in a two. And to me, that's well, kind at of – his worst, pitcher. he's definitely a back-of-the-rotation pitcher. What's that? At his worst, he's definitely a back-of-the-rotation pitcher. Well, I'm probably sure most, most, you know, most guys are. But, like, he's kind of a – Well, I mean, I, but I, what I'm saying is, is, like, the proof in the stats that, you, you you know, that you can go back and look at, whereas we look at Jordan Montgomery's stats, and even his worst stats don't make you think he's anything worse than a three. Right, right. So there's a lot of – there's a lot of play there when it comes to Robbie Ray. And Robbie Ray's big strikeout guy. Um, but he I, – I have trouble calling him a true ace. But I, I also don't think – I definitely think he's – somewhere in that one to two top of the rotation kind of guy, but he's got to stay healthy. Um, that's going to be really the, the big, the big key there. Otherwise. And know. he also, what he got hurt beginning of the season last year in the regular season. So you're probably talking about June or July before he's even going to be ready too. Yeah. So he's, you know, a project um, at best, uh, at least up until, you know, we see what, what he looks like when he uh, comes back. So um, that's the big, that's kind of the big move uh, that's happened since we went off. Mariners also made another move. Yeah. They acquired Luke Rayleigh from Tampa Bay for Jose Caballero. Um, Jose Caballero is like that pesky. I think he played second base a lot for the, the Mariners, but he's going to get an opportunity to take over that Wander Franco spot in Tampa Bay. Um, mm-hmm. Luke Rayleigh getting sent over that way opens up a spot for Richie Palacios. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it makes you think that Palacios is going to get every chance to to uh, play in that uh, Ray outfield this year. And Luke Rayleigh, he's got potential to be a big power hitter, and, and we've seen it in the past, and he's been a – uh, a threatening part in that lineup for the 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 uh, Rays, so you'll see. We'll see. But the Mariners did have the, between Hanniger and Rayleigh, they did uh, uh, acquire some pretty good outfield help. That uh, we'll just kind of see how it goes for them. Yeah, I think that lineup. You know, they they've kind of restructured it, I, and, and and really like <coughs> kind of moves. I really don't mind these kind of moves because. Um, if it's, you know, if it's my team, I don't mind these kind of moves because I, these are the kind of guys I like, you know, I like the guys that you don't have to pay a lot of money to. Um, they, you know, they can hit, they've shown a history of hitting. You're not committed a lot of, um, there's not a lot of commitment there. So if you've got minor leaguers that you feel like you can also, you know, find a way to squeeze at bats for them with guys like this. I think the big thing that concerning with Seattle for me is just the fact that they're their lack of their, their, you know, the starting pitching, like, I just don't ever 
think if you're trying to be competitive, that it's ever a good move to to get rid of anybody at the top of your rotation. If, like if anybody is in a position to do it, though, this, at this point right now, though, it is uh, Seattle because they've got all that mm-hmm. pitching. They've got more pitching than than uh, uh, most teams, I would say. Um, and and they're putting Descalfina back in there behind mm-hmm. Castillo, Kirby. Um, gosh, they got another kid. I can't think of his name. And then Love they've it. got the the uh, Descalfina and Wu, and then they've got a handful of other guys that are on the way up. So I can see why Robbie Ray at the price that they're going to pay him is is dispendable. Yeah, no, I I could see. I mean, I get it. It's just if I'm a Seattle fan, I'm I'm feeling a little discouraged about it. Um, one more quick move just to kind of segue us into the Rangers. So, um, guy. The Bubba Thompson saga as as continues as well. It, it, is it? It's heating up, right? Yeah, I mean, he's in New York, New York, New York. <laughs> Every time they need somebody to run late in the ball game, yeah, or run late in the ball game, yeah, or... yeah. Well, Bubba Thompson would be there if that's the case. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I'm pulling for Bubba. He's still a first round draft pick that. The ceiling is high. He's just got to figure it out at the plate, and he's got to figure it out soon, or uh, you know he'll be out of the league before he even gets a real chance to to show who he is. Yeah, I I think that he's getting to that point, isn't he? Like it's like, yeah, because man, I mean, if you watched him in like 2021 with Frisco and 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 the fans and the people and how much he just, I mean, he was so good for the city and, and that team and everybody loved him and, and they were winning and having fun. And, you know, so th- there's something in him, there's something to him, you know, I mean, he's, he's a definitely, you know, a very um, charismatic young man that, that offers a lot outside of, you know, the game as well. It's just him finding his, his way on the field and, and, and being productive. Yeah. But you know that center field job just opened up in uh, in I don't know if it opened up, but uh, you know Harrison Bader not being brought back, you know claiming Bubba Thompson right there at the same time, you know maybe has a little hand in hand of what they're looking for in a backup outfielder. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, speaking of Saga, especially real quick, real quick with the Yankees with the idea that they're going to play Aaron Judge in center field every day. You probably do need a guy like Bubba Thompson there that can spell him and, 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 you know, keep him, keep him right. Yeah. Where, what a, what a, I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm a, not a fan. If I'm a Yankee fan, um, I'm not a fan of, of, of Aaron Judge in center field. No, not at all. Like, not at all. It just has never gone good historically. Um, and he's a big guy, big body, you know, like, you know, big bodies running hard, you know. In well, and, and then when you talk about, you know, they've got uh, Jason Dominguez, the young kid that uh, with the idea that he's going to come up and play, um, you know, but he's a big body as well. It's not like he's your prototypical center fielder if he were to come in and, and move the diamond around. Yeah, I, I I would be way more comfortable if I was a uh, Yankees fan. I would just be way more comfortable if my biggest asset uh, was in a was in a corner outfield spot where he's not 
you know, you know what I mean? Like we've talked yeah, about, I agree that it's just, it's just very risky to put your top, top guy uh, out there in center field. I'm just not a fan of it. And if I'm a Yankees fan, I'm like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this anyway. Um, well, Speaking of drama, we got some drama coming on January 26th. Yeah, Friday, January 26th, Matt War Pro Wrestling is going to be back at the Southside Preservation Hall there in Fort Worth. And uh, they're bringing all the the, the talent with uh, Brick Savage and Damo McCullough in the main event. And the, main, uh, the Texas, or the Trinity River Heritage title will be defended by Brent McKenzie versus Dante Leone. So it's going to be a big time, but not to mention the big time in the ring. We're also going to have a big time out back because Big Dogs Hot Dogs is going to be out there. Kelly's Onion Burgers is going to be out there. Starry's Ice Cream and Martin House Brewing are both going to be in the house giving away uh, free beer and getting all those ice cream treats that you can because there's nothing better than some Starry's Ice Cream. But we want to see you out there Friday, January 26th at the Southside Preservation Hall to take in a big night of professional wrestling. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk. Rangers baseball. Um, so <clears throat> Rangers make a, a coaching move, which, hey, man, coaching moves. Last year, coaching moves were like as big as player moves. So let's not take this move lightly, right? Like, Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's a guy that he had pitched for uh, Maddox before in the past. Um, he's a long big league career, um, pretty, pretty reliable relief hand for a lot of years he played for the rangers in 2011 would have gotten a ring had things went a little bit different but uh, dave bush he's being brought but dave bush is being brought in as the director of pitching pitcher strategy and what that basically is is he's going to work with the big league club and he's gonna you know basically you know get them what they what they're looking for every day as far as uh, matchups who they're facing pitching wise who they're throwing out there pitching wise um, you know, it, it's, a, it's every, every team does have a director of pitcher strategy, just in case that you're wondering, like that isn't like some made up title that they've given out to, to Dave Bush to have him in the organization, but he was with Boston the last handful of years as their pitching coach. So, you know, I mean, it's a good guy to have in the organization, a guy that's been around the big leagues for a lot of years. And I think Dave Bush is going to probably help this thing um, from from an internal standpoint. Love it. And, and again, I just think the other like, let's just consider like what the, the implications here can also be is that, you know, young pitching is really the future right now for this team. Like like we have uh, we have and, and I mean, obviously, we talked last episode that yeah, I want to I want to I want to get. Jordan Montgomery locked in like I don't mind having two veteran pitchers like Jacob deGrom and Jordan Montgomery a righty and a lefty um, tied up for the next five to seven years like I'm okay with that but that leaves three other rotation spots plus again you never are just going to use five starters throughout the year Um, that leaves a lot of room for these other players to come in and and make an impact And, and as those guys start to age Hopefully it's the younger guys that start to become your your one and two. And these guys start to become your back end innings eaters type guys uh, as their careers kind of start to wind down. So having a new pitching coach around, you add that with Maddox, you add that with Bochi. 
Um, I, I just think the Rangers are, are making smart moves. And these are moves that I think can impact your team more than uh, give it credit for. And you know me, man. I'm like, spend money, go get the guys, do the whole thing. So if I'm sitting here taking a lot of time on it, it's because I think that this is just as – I believe it's just as valuable to have great coaching as it is to, um, you know, go out and spend a ton of money. So that's my two cents on Dave Bush. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm uh, I'm I'm with you on that. I I think that uh, you know the 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 Rangers are doing you know things all over the place that uh, are really underrated, and uh, you know the Royals. Uh, I'm in the uh, the Royals. Uh, the Rangers have have done this before. Last year, remember they brought in Dayton Moore from the Royals to be a special assistant to Chris, uh, Chris young. And I thought that was a pretty special move and it ended up, uh, you know, being a, a, a move that helped them win a world championship. And, you know, I mean, I wouldn't put Dave Bush in that same, uh, category, but he's a good pitcher. That's going to help this thing. And I think the Rangers are going to need all the help they can get pitching wise, even if it comes from coaching when they, when they're starting to deal with some of these young guys. Absolutely. Um, Let's see. We got one more thing. So Rangers, one of five teams in on Ryan Brazier that we didn't talk about this off air. You actually just. Yeah, I I threw this on because I think it's worth talking about. Okay. Ryan Brazier was insane for the Dodgers last year. Mm -hmm. Like his, his, his stuff with the Dodgers, we haven't talked about him as a guy in the bullpen that was really even on. I didn't think the Rangers were going to be in on it. I okay. thought I thought the Dodgers would have already locked him back up. That, that's okay. where I thought with him. I thought he was going to be a guy that the Dodgers were going to bring right back. So for him to be kind of in the uh, in the middle of things and the Rangers uh, being in the th- in the middle of things with Ryan Brazier, I think that's uh, it's worth noting um, to kind of get people's eyes mm-hmm. on Brazier and and what he did really with the Dodgers last year in the. Uh, uh, at the end of the season, he was he was struggling. I can't even remember where he was at. Maybe with Boston, and he Boston. was struggling there. Yeah, and then he went to the Dodgers. The Dodgers worked with him, and I mean, like whatever they did, like he's a whole different player, whole different pitcher. And what he did at the end of the season last year was just simply remarkable. Yeah, I mean, his numbers all across the board. Even the advanced pitching stats are all just, just yeah, like some problem. of the some of the the best advanced pitching stats I've ever seen. Yeah, his ops against was three ninety seven uh, when yeah. he went. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> that's Not insane. just the low batting average, bro. Like they weren't getting getting any. on base. They weren't having any pat like no 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 slug at all. One ninety four slug. Yeah, like I mean. You're talking an on-base percentage of a, a little over a hundred. Of uh, you know, that's that's crazy. Yeah, like his uh, home runs. I think he gave up one home run in 39 innings. But I mean, when you look at just total, like even extra base hits and everything, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's like it's it's definitely worth getting him on Rangers fans. Uh, um, you know. Uh, big board or whatever, you know, like just to just to see what kind of caliber this guy is, and 
and uh, you know, for well, the numbers, a righty out there in Boston um, can be a little being a right-handed pitcher in Boston can be a little bit skewed because yeah, they've got the pop-up can get you right the three hundred the three hundred foot mini fence out there. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I think this is a I, I really like this move, and it doesn't look like it's going to be a move that it's going to cost you a ton of money. Uh, to get him, I mean, of course, it's not going to be cheap, but it's no. you know, fucking like Josh Hader money, right? Uh, right, and so he's I really definitely like a back end of the bullpen type of guy. I like it. I like it. That's that's a great ad and great uh, positive, just a nice little positive uh, tidbit to throw in there before we really kind of get to the, I would say, the meat and potatoes of the show. Yeah, this uh, is the fun. I mean. Uh, on on January fifth of of two thousand eleven, the Rangers signed Adrian Beltre. Mm-hmm. And look, whenever they signed Beltre, I was like, I knew Beltre was a good player. I knew he'd had some down years in Seattle, but he had had a resurgence in Boston. Hitting in Texas is kind of similar to that, you know. Um, but or it was in two thousand eleven. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I like this guy, but Michael Young, I mean, you know, he can play. A, quality caliber third base and uh-huh. and you know i mean he hits and and don't get me wrong 2011 was one of Be- michael young's best years just hitting um but beltre the caliber of third baseman it took about two weeks of watching him play third base to realize that like this is something completely different than michael young and that's not even to take anything away from michael young because I've always been a fan of Michael Young, but man, Beltre is just a different animal over there at third base. And yeah. to, to watch him, to watch him take over that hot corner and do what he did for the next seven, eight years that he was in Texas, it was just, it was just a bunch of fun. Yeah, I mean, he he became almost immediately kind of like one of your favorite guys for the Rangers, and the plays that he made at third base, I mean, he made. I don't know if I, I don't know how, I don't want to, I don't want to use hyperbole. I want to like really be honest, like maybe dozens, if, if not more of plays at third base that no other third baseman in the league could make. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and, and the, him coming the forward rounder, like a slow roller, like whenever a, him coming forward on a slow roller, like the plays he would make on those balls alone were worth watching were worth watching the Rangers to see. There's there's no doubt, and and then to watch him at the plate, mm-hmm. just to to see what kind of hitter he was and what kind of uh, you know, uh, I don't I, I wouldn't want to compare anyone to Vladimir Guerrero in their approach at the plate, mm-hmm. but Beltre had that kind of same where nothing was off limits and he could hit any ball at any time out of the ballpark, and you know I, I just. Uh, I, I marveled at watching him play baseball those first handful of years or that those first couple of years that he was here. And then to see him continue it as, as a 36, 37, 38, 39 year old guy, it was, it, it was impressive. And I mean, uh, platinum glove, gold glove, silver slugger. Um, uh, if there wasn't a guy named bonds in the league, he probably would have had an MVP as well. Uh, you know, just one of those guys that, man, I mean, there's just nothing you could say about him that he didn't do except for, you know, get that 
championship that he that he really deserved. I mean, it, it, he did everything in his power to win a championship for the Rangers in 2011. Yeah, you can't you can't say that he wasn't. To me, I would say you know, and this is this is a huge statement, and I don't mind making it, but I would say like he is in the argument for greatest third baseman of all time. I would agree. I mean. His like, total bases, his doubles, six hundred plus doubles, almost five hundred home runs, three thousand hits. Um, the defensive metrics are similar to to uh, you know Brooks Robinson even. Right. You know, I mean, it's not like I mean, I'm, maybe at, at the time that Brooks Robinson was doing it, if Beltre would have been doing it, he would have been thought of in the same caliber as Brooks Robinson at third base. There's no doubt in my mind because. The plays that Beltre made, the, I mean, you're you're talking like Brooks was making those plays, but he was the only one. So there was just like this idea that he was so much better than than guys. You know, uh, I don't know. I in my in my let's head, not, I don't want to. Yeah, because I'm not trying to like this. Isn't like trying to turn into something where I think he's better than Brooks Robinson or anything like that. Which I mean, I kind of do, but it, like I think that like at the at the same time when you talk about Schmidt and you talk about Brett, and um, mm-hmm. you know he's on that same caliber as those guys as well. No, I I, I agree because it, again, you're talking about a guy who hit 48 home runs in a season and batted 334, which means probably one of the and hit 200 hits that year. So one of the greatest offensive seasons. Uh, ever from a third baseman, a guy who uh, hit had 200 hits uh, once in his career, but also in 2013 had 199 hits, which was good to lead the league, um, batted over 300 multiple times, um, was in was in the MVP voting uh, from 2010 uh, through 2016 every single year, which means he was healthy and playing uh, every day. So. Oh man, like he's a, he's a surefire Hall of Famer to me, but I I would and this is not because I'm a Rangers fan. This is just like I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think in my era of watching baseball, and again I you know I caught the tail end of Schmidt, and I definitely saw plenty of George Brett, but I think he's the, definitely the best third baseman I've ever seen. Yeah, well, as far as me being able to you know know from a from a standpoint of, of knowing the game. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, maybe Chipper Jones would be, but he didn't play his full career at third base. He moved to the outfield for a little while. Um, you know, we saw the tail end careers of George Brett and uh, Mike Schmidt. and Those guys were kind of out of the league as we were young. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as far as guys that we got to see play third base, I mean, and we're seeing some guys now that I think are kind of, similar caliber um in in Manny Machado and uh uh Nolan Arenado but like for as far as as far as what we've seen play play their full career at third base Beltre is probably one of the probably the top guy and definitely top two because I, I would put him way above Scott Rowland mm-hmm. uh, yep. just because of the you know I mean like, like look at uh, the dude has a 96 and a half war. That's like, right. Know, man, that's like, un, that's unheard of for a guy, you know, a third baseman that 
isn't in the Hall of Fame. So uh, to me, first ballot, I can't imagine him getting anything less than 90 percent of the votes uh, on the on the upcoming when it comes out on January 23rd. And uh, that's another big thing that we'll get to talk about this year in the uh, uh, on the show is the day that they uh, induct Adrian Beltre into the Hall of Fame. Love it. Well, been a good time on a Saturday morning uh, or Saturday, I guess we could say noon, afternoonish, nooner, noon, bull, bull noon. Um, good time bull talking noon. baseball. Um, don't forget to check us out on social media. TX Rangers WTB. Don't forget to check us out on our website, www.texasrangerswiththeboys.com. That's all one word. Even those WWWs, just add them as a word. Yeah, put them in there. And then you there you can subscribe to our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys where we cover all things Rangers minor league. Go by there. We got more content that will be posted this week. Um, we're going through starting pitchers all around the uh, minor league system. So again, the 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 meat and potatoes uh, of what of what's down in, down on the farm. We're going to be talking about. We have deep dives to from uh, twenty twenty three Dominican Summer League A ball all the way up through Triple uh, A. We have our top forty. Uh, prospects uh of 2023 going into 2024 season so tons of content there it's just two dollars a month go there check it out subscribe today thank you for following us on your favorite podcasting platform for bull noon this is your boy kev we are texas rangers with the boys signing out